If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. I'm your host, 1993 graduate of Ripley High School, Brian Johnson. I'll be joined each and every week by the longtime public address announcer of Viking Athletics and a 1976 graduate of Ripley High School, Mike Rubin. We hope you enjoy. Now, here's the latest episode of Viking 360. After a long hiatus uh, for Viking sports and Viking 360, obviously, Rube, it looks like sports are back at Ripley High School, but as things move on, it's anything but business as usual thus far. That's true, Brian, and uh, the golf team has uh, already got off to a start, and the uh, girls' soccer, boys', boys soccer will get started soon, as well as the cross-country teams, and Viking football has a scrimmage game uh, this Friday, and then... Um, they open up the regular season next Friday at Buchanan. And the man trying to juggle all of this change going on right now around Ripley High School is new principal Jimmy Frazier. He gives us a little bit of insight about what to expect on Friday nights at Death Valley. Coach Jimmy Frazier, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Coach, first of all, welcome home. Uh, back in the blue and white, good to have you home. Oh, love it. Yep, glad to be back. What's it like sitting in the same chair that your dad sat in? Uh, you know, uh, you guys, a pretty cool lineage there uh, to uh, kind of follow in your dad's footsteps, so to speak. Yeah, it's special, no doubt. It's very special. I mean, it's always been home and, you know, appreciate where I'm at. The folks here got a great staff and, and students and, you know, I mean, it's just home. And uh, being able to sit in the same chair with dad, that's pretty special. Pretty I'm fighting field as well as he did. Oh, I'm sure you will. Uh, you did a, a great job at Ravensville. We heard nothing but great things uh, out of your tenure over there, and we're glad to have you back. But, Coach, it, it's been a very challenging beginning to your tenure at Ripley High School. Talk about that. No doubt. No, it's just one of those things where you think where you have things a little bit under control, then we switch the rules of the game. Um, you know, and I, and I get it. Uh, I think the, they've used the word fluid. I, use, I like to use the word morph. I think it's morphing into a monster. But, you know, the, the staff and the coaches and the players are all doing everything they possibly can to follow the guidelines and to make sure that we're able to be in school as safe as we can and to be able to uh, participate in athletics as safe as we can. And, you know, everybody's trying. It's just people just need to be patient with us because there's no rule bit to this and we're trying to do the best we can with it. You speak of Friday nights at Death Valley. Uh, you, you have a scrimmage game coming up Saturday. As of right now, who actually gets in the stadium? Yeah, so as of, you know, we, we find those things out on Saturdays now. So Saturday, Jackson County was yellow as well as Kanawha County. So with both of our counties being yellow, then we can have parents of players right now could attend the game. Um, if it was a regular Friday night, it could be players, cheerleaders, band. Um, but right now, for the scrimmage, we are working out this kind of a trial run for us. It'll just be the parents or guardian um, of that student. And that's that's who will be there to watch the game. 
Coach, you got all of the headaches of the logistics of who gets in, uh, who wears masks, who does this, who does that. There's also the bottom line aspect of this when your bell cow, uh, from an income standpoint, uh, gets limited as it's going to be limited. That has to be uh, put a strain on the budget of Ripley High School as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, our, our athletic budget, and, and we're not here to, to make money off this stuff. You know, we're trying to be able to stay afloat. And, you know, but football equipment and all athletics, you know, it, it gets to be pretty expensive. And when you, you know, when, you, when you're able to have maybe 3,500 people watching the ball game on Friday night, and then you drop that down to 400, um, that's a big hit. Not only does it hurt Ripley High School, it also affects our uh, boosters. Um, you know, we're still working on that turf and uh, the surcharge and stuff off of that. So it's it's just affecting everybody. And then, you know, businesses that, you know, may not have the money to support things that they want to. They just may not have the money to put that money out there. Uh, they've been really good so far, but, you know, it's, it's a definite strain on everybody. Coach, when you uh, think about school back in uh... – somewhat normalcy i guess here in a couple of weeks how good will it be for you as the principal to see those uh young fresh faces back in the hallways again oh it'll be awesome well, that's why we went into this business you know i mean I, teaching is it's work but it, i consider it to be a lifestyle you know i mean that's that's just what you do you're around kids all the time and that's 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 who you work with and to walk down hallways that are empty or you know minimal uh, attendance that's uh, not what we want to see, but it's we have to go through this to get to where we want to be. So I think that everybody's everybody's trying to do the best we can. It's just you know hopefully we can get to normalcy at some point. Coach, we continue to pray for your father. I know he had a rough uh, go of it here a couple of months ago, but he's home and doing well, and uh, we're glad to have him back. And I know you are as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's he's getting stronger every day. See him walking around campus here um, with mom and the physical therapist. So he's. He's doing much better. And a lot of kudos go out to my mother. She's been taking care of him for a while now. So she's, appreciate all the thoughts and prayers. She's the rock of the Fraser family, no doubt. Coach, thanks so, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck uh, through all of the, the madness that's going on right now. And uh, we look forward to hearing back from you here real soon. Thanks, bro. Davis Haynes is off to a good start with the Viking golf team, and we hear more from the Viking senior with Brian Johnson. Davis, time to tee it up, man. I know you're excited uh, to be back at it wearing the blue and white, especially after losing an entire baseball season last spring. Yeah, man, it's just it was one of the things where it was unprecedented, and we knew that there was nothing we could do about it, but I just put my head down and threw everything I had in the golf this summer, and hopefully it pays off this year and make it to states and hopefully win a state championship. Season's underway, man. Uh, you had a, a great event yesterday out at Green Hills. You tied for the medalist honors against Spring Valley. Tell us how you guys did and uh, as a team and then also individually for you. Uh, we played pretty good as a team. I think uh, we had two guys in the 30s. Me and Andrew both were in the 30s, and then we had two other players in the 40s, which in high school golf, it's – really all you need. Davis, you look at uh, at golf for you. I know how much you love it. I've played a little bit with you out at Green Hills, and uh, uh, you're a guy that can uh, get it out there off the tee. You can hit it pretty far. What were some of the things uh, you worked on uh, heading into to this season, knowing this would be it for you uh, for high school golf, that you wanted to improve upon and, and be uh, better at individually that would help your team? Yeah. Uh, this summer I got – 
really serious with my short game. I mean, my long game has always been pretty decent. I mean, you know, not everybody hits the ball great every day, but my short game is what let me down a lot in the past. And this summer, I really worked on the flat stick, got the putter rolling good, and I got the wedges starting to get their dialed in. I think that's what's really going to help me lower the scores. When 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 you're out there golfing, uh, I know it's a lot like uh, being a pitcher. Uh, you're kind of out there on an island. There's nowhere to hide if you're having a bad day. Uh, how have those two sports kind of melted together for you and being able to uh, handle some of the challenges that you face out there on the mound or uh, out there on the tee box? Well, I mean, the golf course and the mound, it's, it's the same thing we think about. It's just you. I mean, like you said, there's no hiding. You can't. If you hit a bad shot, everybody saw you. If you make a bad pitch, everybody saw you throw that pitch. It's just, it's there are two, two places you have to be very mentally tough and able to handle the pressure situations. Got school coming up uh, pretty soon here in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, that's kind of a fluid situation. You don't, not sure if you're going to be in school, how much you are going to be, how that could change down the road. Uh, what's it been like, man, just as a student athlete? dealing with all of the uh, change and things that, that have gone on in our world over the uh, last several months? Well, I've kind of just learned now that, I mean, you never, I mean, you don't know what life's going to throw at you, but you just, you got to be prepared for any situation. and You have to be practiced and prepared like you're playing tomorrow, whether you are or you're not. Do you take every day um, just as a gift, man, knowing that uh, how quickly it was all pulled away from you in the spring, uh, you probably go to practice every day for golf, just uh, loving every minute of it and not uh, worrying about what's next. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just taking it right now. Like, I'm looking, I'm looking to October, the first week of October when I make it to Ogilvy. But if that gets stripped away, it gets stripped away. I just got to know that it, there's a possibility. I mean, that I, in my mind, I know that I'm going there. And yeah. then if it gets taken away, it's just we we'll just have to deal with it then. You mentioned Ogilvy. Uh, tell us about your goals and your team goals this year in 2020 uh, for the Blue and White? I mean, we got regionals this year at Green Hills, which is, I mean, obviously our home course, play the course, and the course like the back of our hands. So it's all about posting a good number there and then going on to Ogilvy. And, I mean, whether I go as an individual or we go as a team, it doesn't matter. You still have to shoot the same. You still have to shoot the best score you can. Davis, thanks for the time, man. Best of luck this year. And, uh, Here's hoping that season gets in. Here's hoping you make a nice run at a state championship this year. Appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, Brian. It's been a long layoff for Viking sports, but an even longer layoff for Isaac Parsons, who's battled injury throughout his career at Ripley High School. Now he's primed to have a great senior season Here's Mike Rubin's conversation with the Viking Senior. All right, our guest on Viking 360 is Viking Senior Isaac Parsons. Isaac, we know that you enjoy being uh, at Memorial Stadium on Friday nights. But what most people, uh, many people may not know, is where you are on Sunday mornings. Tell us a little bit about uh, your performances on Sunday mornings in church. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I go to church in Ravenswood, and uh, my papa, he actually pastors there, and uh, almost every Sunday he has me singing or playing the guitar or something, and it's, uh, I really, I really do enjoy it. Isaac, how old were you uh, when you got started with the hymns? Uh, jeez, uh, it was a long 
was that? I can't remember. I was singing hymns in church. Very good. Now let's talk about, uh, let's move on to football and your role on this uh, Viking football team this season. Tell us about uh, how things are shaping up offensively for you. Uh, on the offense, I'll most likely be running wing back, and uh, I think our offense is going to be, we're going to be pretty set. We're going to have some speed and our line. We've got a couple, couple of starters coming back, and I think offensively we'll do really good. All right, and uh, and defensively, uh, do you also uh, fit into that situation? Yes, sir. I'll be playing outside linebacker and center of offense. We're going to have a lot of speed, and uh, I think we'll definitely we'll definitely be the underdog this year, and I think we'll su- surprise a lot of people. And Isaac, I, I know that. Uh, the last two football seasons uh, had to be uh, somewhat frustrating for you. Uh, talk a little bit about what you went through uh, the last two uh, football seasons. Uh, yeah, uh, my sophomore year, I tore the ligaments in my ankle, and that was very frustrating. So I did a lot of rehab on that, uh, worked up, got it strong. Then coming back out my junior year, first scrimmage, I tore my ACL, and that was that was definitely the the heartache of the season. So then I worked that up, did a lot of therapy, gotten stronger. I'm really looking forward to the senior season. Isaac, thank you for, so much um, for talking with us uh, today, and uh, best of luck for the uh, 2020 season. No problem. Thank you. The spiking Lady Viking volleyball team will tip things off next week on Thursday, September the 3rd, against Point Pleasant. And Mike Rubin has a sit-down with head coach Brenda Moore. Lady Viking volleyball coach Brenda Moore is our guest on Viking 360. And uh, Brenda, it's been a a crazy year, but volleyball season is here. So tell us uh, how things are looking for the uh, Lady Vikes. Well, uh, we have 23 girls on our roster this year, which is a couple more than last year. We had several girls come out to our summer conditioning and practices. We did have 12 returning players, five returning varsity. So even though we are rebuilding, we did have a great group of seniors last year, and they're going to be very hard to replace. But I'm hopeful with our you know, returning girls and our seven seniors to step up. And they've done a good job playing together so far in practice, and they look like they're meshing well together. So I'm hopeful, and we've kept 11 freshmen. So we have a a lot of underclassmen that I'm looking forward to seeing over the years. And, and Coach, you really did have an an exciting group last year, even those who – opted to go on and play on the next level. Tell us tell us about last year's team. Last year's team, um, they were a strong group of seniors. They could pretty much play any position. They worked very well together. I believe our record ended up being 25 and 13. So we were pleased with that. Um, and we did have Ella Casto, who is going on to play for Alderson Brada. Um I know their season is being pushed out a little bit, um, but looking forward to watching Ella play some college matches. 
and uh, your season begins on September 3rd with a home game uh, against Point Pleasant, but uh, a home match, I should say. But right now, uh, Jackson County is listed under Code Yellow, and tell us uh, what that means for, for that first match. Well, our girls do have to wear masks the whole time they're playing. Um, there's certain guidelines we do have to follow that change from past, but um, we are only allowed to have parents at our matches as of now. Um, so that's going to be a big change for families and the girls not having as many fans in the stands. But honestly, our girls really just want to play, and we hope to have a season. Okay. Coach, thank you very much for your time, and, and good luck this season. All right. Thank you. One of the Viking football all-time greats is place kicker Mark Johnson, graduating back in uh, 88. Had a great career in the late 80s uh, with Ripley's program making it to the uh, Class AAA playoffs. And here he reminisces with his brother, Brian Johnson. Joined now by someone who's near and dear to me, but also the godfather of place kicking at Ripley High School, older brother Mark Johnson. Mark, thanks for being with me. Sure, Brian. Thanks for having me. Mark, you, you think uh, about your time at uh, Ripley High School, and Mike Rubin put together an uh, outstanding publication, The History of Viking Football, uh, that uh, will be out there and being circulated. But something jumped out to Rubin and I both was the long lineage of place kicking at Ripley High School. And it all starts with number five back in the mid-'80s, and that was you. And that's why I call you the godfather of place kicking. We've had quite a run at Ripley High School. <laughs> Well, you know, Brian, uh, it never really dawned on me until just a few years ago how many good place kickers we have had come through Ripley High School. A lot of great players, and uh, I'm just glad to be to be part of that. You look back at uh, your time at Ripley High School, and, and place kicking wasn't really a thing back then. And you look at, at Coach Marino uh, and what he did for you and what he did for me to put kind of give us that opportunity. Uh, but we also had someone – in the house that had a little uh, forethought, and that would be our dad. We both wanted to play college football, and dad said, if we're going to do that, we better learn how to kick a football. And, and thanks to those two people as well as mom uh, for uh, giving us that opportunity. I mean, uh, you started it all and, and a lot of hard work on your end. <laughs> well, you know, dad uh, obviously was the catalyst behind us you know, getting into the kicking, as you said. And I came home after a eighth-grade practice uh, and – I was upset because I wasn't going to get a play. And mm -hmm. he said, son, you need to do something no one else can do. And I didn't know what he was talking about. But uh, he said, you need to kick. You need to learn how to do it. So so he and I spent time uh, VHSing the <laughs> the games on Saturday at college and then Sunday at pro. And, and we just kind of taught ourselves uh, how to do it and watched each kicker and what they did uh, that was similar and, and tried to mimic those techniques and uh build a little uh goal post in the backyard and it just all kind of started there and uh yeah it's pretty pretty special time you played at a great time uh to be a ripley viking as well some of the golden years of viking football with coach marino and and he leaned on you you guys played outstanding defense you played enough offense to get in field goal range and not only coach uh, and the coaching staff but your teammates even to this day uh, they still talk about how much they loved having number five out there and, and uh, trotting you out. They had so much belief and trust in you to do your job. 
Well, Brian, I had a lot of great guys around me. The guys up front always blocked for me, just outstanding. Snappers and holders were always great from uh, you know, Mark Chapman, Ricky Hatcher, uh, and uh, Randy Casto. Yeah, man. And uh, Rod Lanham uh, was a great holder for me. And Eric Kirschman, Jimmy Sayer. Just a lot of great players. And you know, I don't want to leave anyone out, obviously, but – uh, very fortunate, and, and I remember sophomore year, uh, we were at Parkersburg South, and uh, it was down to the last last second, and and the score was was seven to eight, eight to seven, I think it was. Yeah, they were they were beating us by by one, and coach got the seniors together and said, "Well, it's fourth and whatever, and there's ten seconds left. What do you want to do?" And I think I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I think it was Bobby Bostick said, "Let the little kid kick it," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, Coach gave me a chance. He he gave a little skinny kid, uh, hundred whatever I was, Lynn, and he gave me a chance. And as as we went through my career, we would get into field goal range, and he would look at me on second down and say, "Which hash do you want it on?" <laughs> I'd say, "Coach." Let's score a touchdown. I'd rather kick an extra point. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Brian, we had five shutouts in 1985. Fantastic defense. Just uh, really a great time at Ripley High School uh, football. Nothing really epitomizes your career as much as that uh, game in the playoffs at Mountaineer Field uh, when three Mark Johnson field goals ends up being the difference. The Vikings win the first round of the playoffs and move on uh, to play Brooke the next week. The, the week between those two games, you had the first ever, I believe, color photo in the uh, Jackson Herald of the, or the teams carrying you off the field. What a moment uh, at that time and, and even now, a couple of decades later, but still uh, what an amazing uh, memory. Yeah, Brian, it really was. Um, you know, the first playoff appearance for a Ripley High School team and the first victory for the team and uh, that that was that was pretty special a lot of big plays made by a lot of great players in that game for Ripley um, and we ended up winning the game nine to eight it's very special because you were on the field with me uh, as a ball boy you and and uh, Justin Frazier and and Brian Wallen mm-hmm. uh, so yeah very special and and at that at that particular game WVU was on the road at Virginia Tech and it was a Saturday night uh, playoff game and WVU was returning from the Virginia Tech game and they were there in time to see the second half of the game um, and of course who do you hear from the <laughs> facilities building in other than Brad Hunt say so, those are my boys he said those are my boys out there and um, so that kind of was the catalyst for my career in college being recruited by WVU Coach Nealon and, and the staff were there to see that second half of that game, and I had two field goals in the second half, and, of course, we kickoffs and all that. But um, I think that did help me. That was back before Twitter and, and Huddle and all the things that kids use to, to get recruited. Now, back then, the coaches had to lay eyes on you. And um, so that, that, was, that was a great, great time. All the Ripley fans, I just remember we had so many fans there. It didn't look like it because the stadium's so big, mm-hmm. but uh, – Boy, the, the Ripley crowd, they always travel, and that was so fun to be there with them and, and get that win not only for our teammates uh, but our town. You know, to have Ripley 
uh, folks there with all the blue and white just going crazy. Uh, just just a great time, great memories. Uh, you fast forward a few years, you're playing on that field wearing gold and blue. Uh, what was that like playing for your home state um, and, uh, you know, knowing that you had played there and had great success just a couple of years earlier in the state playoffs? Yeah, I, I had a comfort level, obviously, being back there. And, um, you know, Paul Woodside was very instrumental in my career. He he helped me once we got to a certain level. Dad and I realized we needed help. And uh, my cousin Andy, our cousin, went uh, went to school with Paul at WVU, and he set up the meeting, and, and Paul came down and, and worked with me here in Ripley and spoke at our church. And uh, just uh, I had a real comfort level being there after playing in the playoffs and being there a couple times with Paul and – and uh, just I just felt right at home, and to be able to put on the blue and gold was something I had dreamed about uh, growing up, obviously. And uh, when I was able to play back one of the radio broadcasts to hear Jack Fleming announce my name, you know, that was pretty special for me. And uh, fortunate enough, uh, one of the road trips to Miami when we returned home, I was able to sit next to jack on the plane returning back to morgantown and and spend a couple hours talking to jack fleming and, and those are the things that that really you you hang on to and you remember and i know you have a lot of the yeah. same uh, a lot of the same memories things that didn't necessarily happen on the field mm-hmm. but you carry those relationships and those moments with you and it all started because uh dad told us what we should be doing and coach marino gave us a chance and just to wrap it up, you, you as the godfather, as you, I call you, not only at Ripley High School, but throughout the state of West Virginia, you were one of the first ones uh, to be a soccer-style kicker around the state. You still work with a lot of kickers around the state. What does it do to you to see some of these kids uh, reaching their goals and, and uh, making a difference for the team? Well, it's, it's great, Brian. And you, you know what it's like when you can help those kids and, and get out there and be part of what's going on. It makes you – feel like you can still contribute especially for you to the Ripley program and I've been very fortunate to work with kids from from Kaiser to Point Pleasant to Sissonville uh it's just it's really it's fun you know we do the camps uh it's it's a lot of fun because you remember how important that was to you at that age you remember the impact that those men had on you as a young player trying to learn a craft and I am very happy and and just proud that I can give some of that back, all the great things that were given to me over the years. And uh, we have a responsibility as citizens, as alumni, as lettermen to give back to our kids. And I'm just very thankful that I've had the opportunity to do that. And hopefully, you know, they'll forget about me one of these days. <laughs> I'm getting so old, kids don't even know who I am. But once in a while... People remember who I am, and they call me and say, "Hey, would you work with my son, or you work yeah. with with our kid here at the school?" and and we still get calls to do camps. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take advantage of it while I can. Well, from one kicker to another, thanks for what you did at Ripley High School in the state of West Virginia, making kicking cool. I guess maybe you would say, but uh, proud of you. Thank you, and I love you, man. Pr- appreciate what you've done. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate your kind words, but you took it to the next level. You know, we may have got it started, but but you took it to the next level. You had a fantastic college career, and I'm so proud of you kicking those field goals at uh, Tennessee. And, you know, just I uh, can't tell you how 
proud I am of you. And I know we talked about it, but when we were out there on those fields and those big venues, we would picture ourselves back <laughs> in the front yard on Cedar Lakes Drive kicking into the pine tree, and that's what gave us that calmness that we needed to have during those times. So uh, real proud of you too. The Lady Vikings soccer team has put together a very challenging schedule for 2020, and it begins next Thursday night at Ravenswood. Here's Mike Rubin has a chat with head coach Steve Gandy. We're talking with Lady Vikings soccer coach Steve Gandy entering his fourth season with the program. Steve, what are your expectations going into the 2020 season? speaking with you and, and all of Viking Nation. Um, as uh, I head into my fourth season, uh, I do so with a new assistant coach, uh, Jay Pearson. Uh, Jay's been a long-time Viking, uh, been a long-time youth soccer coach in our community. Uh, he's taking over uh, for uh, Tanya Carpenter, um, who's been a uh, assistant coach in the Ripley Middle program uh, along with my first three years. It's been a great asset, a uh, great help to me. But we look forward to Jay taking over and uh, meeting all those expectations uh, this season. Uh, it's a much different uh, team and, and who we are. Uh, we're kind of redefining ourselves and... Um, you know, we're working hard, trying to get better, and I uh, look forward to competing in our schedule. Let's talk about that schedule, Steve. You put together a really aggressive schedule of some of the, the bigger schools in the state of West Virginia, the, the Parkersburg, the Huntington's, the GW's, the Wheeling Parks. What was your thought process there in putting together this uh, really aggressive schedule? years, uh, we, we purposely try to go out and play some of the state's best, uh, some of the preeminent programs in the state, including the University and, and Capital Midland, Huntington. Um, you know, I've, I've always taken the approach uh, to, to get better, you have to be challenged. You have to be pushed out of your comfort zone. Um, and, and we're looking to build a, a great Lady Viking program here. Uh, we, we can only do that by playing the state's best. You know, as I mentioned, uh, trying to redefine who we are. Uh, we definitely lost some, uh, some greats um, in, in the Lady Viking program uh, through graduation. Um, so we're, we're kind of rebuilding, redefining. Um, from a count standpoint, we probably have... I think 13 lower classmen, uh, sophomores and freshmen out of the 21 players on our roster. So, you know, it's going to be an asset to play these teams now. Um, it, it's going to hopefully improve us and drive us for next year and the year following. And it all gets underway on September 3rd when you travel to Ravenswood. Coach, good luck for another successful season. 
and go Vikings. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.